Arsenal win two matches in the span of a week. Barcelona have their manager sacked, and Manchester United look like a hot pile of garbage. All of that and more on episode 51, part two of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. For nothing today. Uh, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episode. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely, we'll make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Kyle, joined by my co-host, Arjun. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at ggoonerpod. And Arjun, we were starting this episode off not with Arsenal news, but with breaking news per Fabrizio Romano following the 1-0 loss to Rio Vallecano in the La Liga season. Barcelona have sacked manager Ronald Koeman after 14 months in the job. I'm going to turn the mic to you and step away. Give me, Give me your thoughts here. So my initial thoughts, um, I feel very strongly about Barcelona because, you know, my, one of my first, my first favorite club, obviously my favorite player of all time, Messi, is the biggest club legend uh, in Barcelona history. Frankly, Ronald Koeman should never have been hired. He has proven time and time again that he doesn't know how to manage a team. Uh, 14 months was 14 months too long. And um, Barcelona deserve better than whatever the ownership has, situation has been in the last 5, 10, 15 years. And they deserve better than whatever the heck Ronald Koeman was doing. Good riddance. I'm very happy he's gone. I hope Barcelona can find a manager that will fit um, the, the amazing young talent they have in this team. They can absolutely rebuild. I mean, Depay is a very, very good player. Aguero signed this summer. They've got... La Masia, the best academy in the world, still uh, producing talent like Gavi and Ansu Fati. Obviously, Pedri, not a La Masia product, but um, those three guys are, are the future of Barcelona. And um, football is better when Barcelona is a good team. It is also better when Arsenal is a good football team, but we'll discuss that in a second. We are filming this episode at 6 10 ish, uh, Wednesday night, minutes. After the tweet came live from Fabrizio Romano, uh, we also broke news on our other episode of the podcast, uh, talking about the Saints at the end of the episode. We did break some news, which also happened. So it's been a bit of a wild uh, filming session for us here. Um, but yes, Arjun, I I agree. She was 14 months too long. He shouldn't have gotten the job. He was the Dutch manager. Then he was brought into Barcelona. It was a bad move then. It's been a bad move for 14 months. They kept him way too long. Uh, and we'll discuss another manager as well who's probably been around too long in a little while in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but that will wait for a little while later. But in the meantime, Arjun, we do need to discuss Arsenal because we have two victories in the week. We beat Leeds 2-0 in the Carabao Cup just yesterday, I believe, and we ended up winning against Aston Villa 3-1 at the weekend in a match where we were clearly the better side, we got some help from VAR, and it was just an overall good game for Arsenal. 
Um, so I want to throw it to you to discuss this. But the we'll just, we'll start the Villa match. Leeds won. We won two 0 It's a good match. We'll kind of just gloss over that one. Um, but I will throw it to you to discuss this Arsenal Villa three one victory for the Gooners. I think um, Arsenal played very well in this one, and I think the tactics were good for Mikel Arteta. Um, the lineup when it came out, uh, both Lacazette and Aubameyang in the team, something that Unai Emery just refused to do, something that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, but uh, the back four, relatively unchanged. Kieran Tierney with a bruised ankle was out. Nuno Tavares took his place. Uh, Lokonga and Partey in the midfield. And uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang, Smithrow, and Saka made up the quote-unquote front four. But the first thing everybody noticed was that it was a 4-4-2. Very classic, um, you know, one of the most famous formations in, in world football. Sort of phased out by a lot of clubs. But I think the 4-4-2 for this specific match, and hopefully for ones going forward, worked really well. It thrived even. Uh, it, it allowed for Partey and Lokonga in the midfield to get very involved in the attack. Partey had a goal. He, he got his first Arsenal goal. Lokonga had a few chances um, of venturing forward. Partey even also hit the post, almost had another goal uh, off a set piece on a header. So that midfield getting forward is really important. Um, the two-striker um, formation with both Lacazette and Aubameyang, it gives both of them much more freedom. Aubameyang out on the left, or Lacazette playing just behind Aubameyang, which is partially what happened here. Lacazette was sort of playing just behind Aubameyang. But when they were playing side-by-side um, -side up top, it allows both of them freedom to roam, and it allows the midfield uh, to really come into their own and, and be creative as well. If the two-striker formation is uh, used going forward, this allows for Martinelli to get more game time too. It allows it allows for um, that rotation to happen. It allows for Nketiah, maybe even Balogun in, in cup matches to get game time. And Nketiah got the start against Leeds, scored a goal as well. Um but I think the two-striker formation um, is something that, that can work. It, it can work, uh, but we do have to note, it does get rid of one thing. And that one thing is Martin Odegaard. All of a sudden, the formation doesn't suit him because he's not a, a central midfielder. He's a center attacking midfielder. He plays on the wings here or there. He can't really play as that uh, partner to Partey, to Lokonga. We've seen that happen the past few weeks. It doesn't really work well with him. Um, so I don't know how it'll work with him. We'll have to see if the formation will stick. If not, I personally, I still love that 4-2-3-1. I'm still a fan of it. I think it still could work. The 4-4-2, though, did play really well. Um, and, and, and one more thing with that 4-4-2 is that Smith Rowe was out on the left. Sokka was out on the right. Our, our two stars, our, our two star boys, those are their best positions. Smith Rowe are. was man of the match. He was fantastic. He's so good on the left. He, he works really well in the middle, but he is just another level when he plays out on the left. I think he really should be converted to a winger. And, he and, should be. And, and I think that is where he plays best. Um, Sokka obviously was converted from a, from a wing back to, a, to an out-and-out -out winger, and he plays really well out on the right side. Um, but again, like you mentioned, there's not really a place for Odegaard. I think that's where the 4-2-3-1 works, where Odegaard plays in the number 10. I think that's where he's best. And um, I think the joint number eights with, with Odegaard and Smith-Rowe, uh, I think that idea is where Arteta wants to take the side, but there's going to have to be a lot of tactical adjustment for that to work. For right now, 
Um, the four four two, I I think um, it, it was a really good idea for the villa game. If going forward, we'll have to see how it works because this is really the first time we've seen it. Um, but the four two three one is something we see all the time with Arsenal. It is really our main formation. So and that's the formation they played against Leeds. So I don't think it's going to be a consistent four four two going forward. I'd like to see more of it. See how it performs against teams that are I like Villa, but teams that are better than Villa. Yeah, and we are now we are pushing up the table now slowly. We're sitting in tenth still. Um, we are tied on points though with United, who are in seventh, Everton in eighth, Leicester in ninth. We are with one more victory, we would go into fourth possibly, or if not fifth. So that kind of shows you where the table's at. Um, it's kind of a wild time right now in the Prem. Um, but yes, I agree. I want to see the formation more. I kind of want to see how it works. Muno Tavares played really darn well. Uh, shout out to him. He played amazingly. Yeah, and um, there, there were people... He played really well, but there were people saying uh, after that match, should he take Tierney's starting no, spot? No, no. No. Absolutely not. Muno Tavares, fantastic purchase. Really, really nice to have a backup left back. Who can play well. Who, who thought? Play? I mean, Kolasinac started against Leeds, but, but Tavares ended up coming on. Kolasinac didn't uh, come off. Um... But, I mean, Tavares is a great backup left back. He will get his chance. He He's very, very young. He provides us cover now, which yes. the problem last season of if Tierney got hurt, what happened? We now have cover. So if Tierney's hurt, Tavares plays, and I'm happy with that. And and Tierney, as talented as he is, he's too injury prone. And, and Tavares, prone. Tavares performing this well is something that will bode well for Arsenal going forward. It is. And it will bode for Arsenal for a lot of reasons. Um, but... I, I want to shift gears now from Arsenal to another team because we kind of gone through the general. It, it was a really weird game. It wasn't a lot. Not a lot happened for us. There was a weird penalty decision that went our way with VAR's help, um, which happened. Don't want to touch on that too much. Um, but something I want to touch on, Arjun, and it's not Arsenal related, um, is a team we mentioned earlier and uh, United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, for those who live under a rock and have not touched social media, in the past few days, would not have seen Manchester United play Liverpool. Um, and this match was one of excitement and anticipation of, wow, this could be interesting. Um, the match was interesting, but not for a good reason for United, at least. Uh, and by that, what I mean is United got uh, shellacked, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, they lost 5-0, Pogba was sent off, I believe, with a red card. Um, it was a demolition derby um, for United. Uh, Liverpool ran riot over them. Liverpool were up 4-0 at the half, uh, which shows you how well they played. That Naby Keita scored in the fifth minute, Jota in the 13th, and then Salah had a hat trick with one in the 30, uh, 38th. Uh, stoppage time and 50th minutes. It was just annihilation uh, from Liverpool, who are playing right now on a whole different level from anyone else. Um, yeah, couple thoughts, couple initial thoughts I had in this game is that um, I think Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world right now. He is playing out of this world, and he's he's I think up to oh, I don't know how many consecutive Premier League games he's scored in, but. He is. He's getting close he's to James. To, he's up to ten consecutive games in the in, in all, all competitions. competitions. He's to seven in the Prem, I believe. And he is challenging for Jamie Vardy's record, and that is a record that's really hard to break. But Salah with a hat trick, uh, he is playing 
like the best player in the world right now. Oh, neither yeah. neither Ronaldo nor Messi are are performing very well. Obviously, Messi adjusting, Ronaldo adjusting, but this is where I have an issue with Manchester United and their summer transfer window. So we've talked about it consistently on the podcast. Kyle Varane was a good signing um, for for United to to shore up the back, um, but. In this game against Liverpool, their biggest rival, Kyle, their midfield two was Fred and Scott McTominay. You mean, uh, you mean McFred? <laughs> I mean, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable they didn't go out and get a midfielder. You are not going to do anything if you want to be a title-contending team like Manchester United fans claim they are. Some do. You're not going to do it with Fred and McTominay. And you're not going to you're not going to get anywhere close to a Liverpool team that is playing like this with that midfield. Which is why I also take issue to the Ronaldo signing. Because Ronaldo can play very well in any team, right? But in the Premier League, in, in the modern day Premier League, Ronaldo in his advanced age and in his in his complacency over the last years with Juve and with Real Madrid has stopped pressing. And that's not something that's really part of his repertoire anymore. Um, maybe as a younger, more energetic player in the Premier League, that is what he would do. But in a modern-day Premier League, when the press is probably the most important thing to a team's success, look at Liverpool, look at City, look at their tactics. Pep and Klopp have it figured out with the press. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does not. Cristiano Ronaldo up top does not. And this is why I'll always say... That, that Messi is a better player than Ronaldo. Because you see, for, for one of the first times in Ronaldo's career, that he is part of a truly dysfunctional squad. That he is part of a truly, truly dysfunctional squad. With Ole at the wheel, with um, a lot of missing pieces, regardless of their, their attack being extremely strong, with Rashford, Fernandez, Greenwood, Ronaldo up top, and their defense being one of the better ones in the Premier League, with Luke Shaw being one of the better left-backs in the world, Juan Basaka is a good defensive um, right back. That midfield and those center backs just aren't strong enough. And this is the first time for a while you see Ronaldo in a dysfunctional team. And what does he do? I mean, he scored an offside goal. Good for him. But the team lost 5-0. And, and, I mean, you see what happened to Barcelona after Messi left. You see how much he's been carrying Barcelona for the last three years because of how poor the management has been, how poor the front office has been. I mean, this really, this perform, these performances by Manchester United, losing to young boys in the Champions League, losing to Liverpool 5-0. It's embarrassing for this club. It's and and it, it's it's I mean it's tough for us to say this as as Arsenal fans. Yeah. But 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 we but we will put that aside and just look at it from a football perspective. That that a club as big as Manchester United, a club that spent as much this summer on on as big names this summer as Manchester United did to be playing this poorly against their biggest rival at home at at Old Trafford Kyle. This is one of the worst Manchester United losses I've ever seen. They lost to Spurs last year 6-1 as well at, at Old Trafford. Um, but a as much as it would be nice for Ole to stay, he's got to go. He has to go. And it's it's not like the 5-0 was a good 5-0. It was – they probably should have lost by more realistically. It should have been like a 10-0 thrashing. Um, 
I don't know how else to put it. Um, it just it wasn't close, and United, you're right, they have problems. Um, it's it's just not ideal for them in the slightest. Um, and I'm all here for this. Um, but you're right, McFred is not good enough. It's never been good enough. We don't have a midfielder who can play at least half well. You have an issue, and they have two inept midfielders that both McTominay and Fred are just kind of inept at what they do, and it's hilarious to see. Um, and the fact that Pogba got a red card doesn't help this. Their team is built to be an attacking team and a defending team, but there's no midfield there. They have nobody in the middle of the park to link up play. That's their big problem is that if you have two midfielders in this team, I guarantee you this doesn't happen. I guarantee you they're top of the league right now. If they have two competent midfielders instead of McTominay and Fred. That if you put, I don't know, obviously it wasn't going to happen, but say you put N'Golo, Conte, and even Partey in there, the two of them. This midfield is dynamic. They win everything. United win the league if you put the two of them together. That, that's what's going to happen with this team. But they don't have that. And Sanchez's not playing on the right because he's, I believe, hurt right now. And Greenwood's playing there. Greenwood's not a winger. And Rashford's up and down. Martial's not playing. Fernandez isn't looking good. Ronaldo isn't pressing. Their back line is being shot because Varane is hurt and Lindelof's playing instead. And De Gea can't save anything. That it's just everything is compacting and compiling at the same time into the biggest, like, destructive force they could ever have happen. And it's hilarious to see. And, 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 and I mean, we're screaming crisis only because of expectations. I mean, this club is still in seventh, uh, equal on points with Arsenal, Everton, and Leicester. Not three really bad sides, but this is a team that everyone thought would be uh, maybe title contenders, along with Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. But, I mean, I think we both said, Kyle... Um, that United probably were the least equipped. I said Liverpool were the least equipped. United were the second least equipped to make a title run. Liverpool obviously proving me a little bit wrong in the early stages of the season. Obviously, we're only we're bare, we're not even twenty five percent of the way into the into the Premier League season. Um, which is why it's so great. Such a long season. There's so much that can happen. But I, I think the best course of action for Manchester United right now. Obviously, there's talks. Fire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and and bring in Antonio Conte because he is, I I think he can really bring something that Ole doesn't. Um, Ole's job has been bailed out so many times by the players on the pitch, um, in spite of Ole's tactics, not not because of Ole's tactics, in spite of them. So yeah. I, I think um, Ole is an it, awful manager. It, it's, it, it, <laughs> the 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 comedy of it is that he's kept his job for this long. And yeah. and that and that you know all of us have been able to to sit here and laugh at Manchester United when they really should not have Ole as a manager anymore. He should have been out a long, long time ago. That's that's the the short of this. Uh, he should have been gone a while ago, but he has not gone, and he'll be going now. Um, it's it's just a wild time, I think, to to watch this United team. Uh, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, so they lost 5-0 to Liverpool. Um, a few of things happened in the Prem this past week. Uh, won't go into too much detail, I don't believe, on anything that really happened. Um, there was a couple matches here or there that was kind of wild. I believe Everton got shellacked as well. Um, yeah, that I, I watched that game. It was um, 
Uh, Everton really just got caught out by Watford. I mean, Everton were up. Um, they were up 2-1 uh, at a stage in the game. And then um, Watford scored four goals in the last 13 minutes of the match to win. Um, Josh King, the former Everton player, came back came back to uh, to Goodison and, and scored a hat trick. Um, you know, Everton, they're, they're a tough side to evaluate as well when, when you get results like this. But, you know, Rafa Benitez, the manager, they'll get results. Uh, West Ham defeated Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Uh, as the chant goes, one of my favorite chants. Um, but for Arsenal coming up, uh, obviously coming off of the win against uh, against Leeds in the Carabao Cup, actually, we'll, we'll go to one very quick Carabao Cup note. Manchester City lost today in the Carabao Cup they for the did. first time in five years. They are four times reigning champions. Come on, Mamas! Which, by the way, West Ham having a great week. They also beat Spurs 1-0 behind Mikel Antonio's 72nd-minute goal. Uh, it has been a great week for the Hammers, a great week for us. Our two teams we dislike the most, losing games. Ugh, we love that, Arjun. Now, don't we? Um, so we've discussed Kuman, We've discussed Arsenal. We've discussed United and Liverpool and that wildness. Um, I want to read one last note, which is the Arsenal match. At the weekend, we have the early kickoff, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time against Leicester City, who are... Tied with us in the table, they are sitting in ninth on 14 points. They have a better differential than us. We are at minus three. They're at zero. It's going to be a wild game. Uh, they won, I believe, their EFL Cup match uh, with on pens over Brighton today. Uh, they also beat Brentford at the weekend 2-1. Uh, they also won the Europa League match 4-3 over Spartak Moscow, which is kind of crazy to see. Leicester um, City playing well. Uh, Patson Daka is just a, a force for them. He had four, I believe, in the Europa League. He is dynamic. Vardy's playing well. Tielemans is just all over the place. Amazing. I mean, you, what more can we say about him? But Patson Daka looks great for that team. A great signing for them. This match is going to be a tough one because Leicester always plays us well. Um, I believe the match, if I can quickly take a look, uh, is in the KP, the King Power Stadium, so it is at Leicester. So Arsenal are the away side. We'll be in those beautiful kits of ours, uh, our beautiful bright yellows. Um, so Arjun, give me your thoughts and prediction for this match. Uh, I think Leicester's always a really tough side to play, especially uh, away at the KP. It's an electric atmosphere um, in Leicester. But I think Arteta will go back to the 4-2-3-1. Um, I'm not sure about Tierney's uh, injury availability, but I expect the back four to remain unchanged if Tierney's out, Tavares will be in. Um, obviously, Xhaka's still out. I think Partey and Lokonga will start. Um, and I think I, I really want to see the front four of Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Saka, and, and Aubameyang up top. I think Lacazette... Um, Lacazette up top would, would be good, too. I think he's deserved uh, a start uh, against a team of the caliber of Leicester. But again, I'd be okay with going back to the four four two and and maybe leaving Odegaard out. Um, just just leaving it unchanged from the last Premier League match. Um, but either way, with the four four two, with the four two three one, the the defense is going to be the focal point because, as you mentioned, Pat Sindaka has been playing incredibly well. Um, he scored the dagger against uh, Manchester United. 
um, two weeks ago uh, to, to win in that 4-2 match. He scored the 91st-minute goal to make it four. And obviously, you said he scored four goals against against Spartak Moscow in the um, in the Europa League. So he's going to be someone to watch. But something that I was going to... Uh, something that I was going to mention is the defense in the defense is that Ben White and Gabrielle have been stellar, stellar, amazing. I mean, I feel, I feel so much more confident back there with Ramsdale and White because they are so good at the progressive pass. It fits exactly with what Arteta wants to do at the back. Tommy Asu has been really solid defensively. Ben White. I mean, he's been fantastic. Also, I also want to add, a defender for Arsenal who has not actually played for Arsenal this season, William Saliba has been stellar for Marseille. Uh, Saliba already has four Team of the Week awards uh, in, 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 in the league, league in league on this year. He had an amazing tackle to uh, catch up tackle to Mbappe. Mbappe was through on goal, stopped him from scoring a goal. He has played well. White's played well. Gabriel's played well. Arjun, do we actually have defenders now who can defend? Do we not have Skojan Mustafi? I mean. <laughs> Having Saliba in this team next year is going to be fantastic because it provides that depth. Obviously, um, in, in the in the match against Leeds, uh, Ben White started alongside Rob Holding. Pablo Marie was set to start, but he had a stomach bug. Ben White got subbed off with the same bug. He wasn't feeling very well. So uh, I would obviously feel much more confident with William Saliba than Pablo Marie. I'm a fan of Rob Holding still, but having Saliba is going to provide that depth, especially with how well he's playing. And, and Ben White, uh, it, he, as each match goes by, the price tag is getting justified, Kyle. It is getting Same justified. Same with Ramsdale. Um, so, Arjun, all that being said, give me your predictions for this match against Leicester. Uh, after all that, I think Arsenal are going to hold hold strong. I think we're going to go into Leicester and come away with a 2-0 win. 2-0 victory for Arsenal. I'm thinking 3-2 victory. I think it's going to be a 2-2 close one. 87th minute, we get a winner. I think it'll be a close match, a good match. Um, but Arjun, there is more breaking news to have on the podcast. Uh, per Fabrizio Romano, there's no announcement in place yet for Cohen's replacement at Barcelona. It's going to take a few hours while negotiations are ongoing for Xavi to leave Al Saad and become the new manager. Other candidates for Barca job also know Xavi's the favorite as things stand. So all signs pointing to the midfield maestro himself, one of the best midfielders of all time, to become the next manager of Barcelona. How are you feeling on that? It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. Not because Xavi is a bad manager or anything. He's obviously done really well with Al Saad over in Qatar, but he doesn't have the experience in this at this level. Um, but I think Xavi, obviously a club legend, and I'm apprehensive about about hiring club legends because really your your view on them can sour. We saw it with Lampard at Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea fans don't hate Lampard, but I think they'd have a better view of him if he was a better manager at Chelsea. Ole now at Manchester United, club legend. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Koeman was a club legend at Barcelona. He's their top-scoring defender. Uh, Arteta at Arsenal, n- not really a club legend, but someone who was revered by a lot of Arsenal fans. Uh, the only real success I can think of, uh, resounding success, is Zidane at Madrid. Um, yeah. You know, club legend performing really well, won multiple Champions Leagues. Um. But Xavi, I think, is a good fit. He knows the culture. He is entrenched in that team. Uh, I mean, I think Xavi was with the club since before he was 10 years old. He was. He was there for a long time. Um, you know, born uh, born and raised in, in, in Catalonia, 
started playing for Barcelona when he was 11 years old. He knows the club culture. In the case that he he gets appointed as as the Barcelona manager, I do think they'll give him time to adjust for sure. Um, I don't think they will be very hasty on 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 a sack. Um, in the case that it goes wrong, but I think Xavi is is the right man at the right time to turn around Barcelona right now because you know Barcelona are in a crisis of of identity, uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, missing Messi, having a club legend back managing. Um, you know, obviously Xavi and PK, you know, have have a rapport too. Xavi ha- has a rapport with a few players in this team, Busquets namely as well. So, I think he'll he'll have a hold of the team. Kuman was probably losing the losing the locker room a little bit. Oh, so. I never had locker room to begin with. So that that is something we will be updating on as we have more information. We will update and discuss all things Barcelona on here because we do obviously love watching what happens in the new camp. But Arjun, that will do it for episode 50, 51, part two of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter at GGGoonerPod. Both episodes this week, we broke news at the end of each episode. That's kind of wild to me. Um, and that's what you tune in for. You tune in for all the breaking news, all the fun Saints, Arsenal, and more discussion we have on the podcast here Uh Again, shout out to Z89, our parents, for the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GGGunnerPod. From myself, from Arjun, we will talk to you all later. We will not break news in this episode again. We already did it. So we'll talk to you all later. Peace out.